1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We're happy to have you here. Imagine for a moment, if you will, if you're in your 70s and you're alone and you have minimal income, but you don't have a spouse and you don't have children and you don't have people who can look in on you and help take care of you. Basically, you're alone. What are you going to do? How are you going to take care of yourself? Well, it might surprise you to know that there's been a lot written about the concept of elder orphans. And I would imagine that many of you listening today might be in the same position. So we're going to talk today about elder orphans and what does it mean because there's a really large percentage of our population that ends up with no support, essentially, as you get older. And with that having been said, let me say a good warm hello Sunday morning to the person who gives me a lot of support, my wife, Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be here. You know, Tenny, I was just thinking about that Beatles song, Will You Still Need Me? Will You Still, whatever is the word. Will You Still when Need I'm Me? 64. Will You Still Feed Me? Feed when me. I'm yes. 64. Well, that is the question, isn't it? Well, it's very hard to feed you because you are such a fussy no, eater. No, 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 we're not going there this morning. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't the purpose of this little comment. The purpose of this comment was basically to talk about elder orphans. <laughs> right. So at least for a while, uh, you and I have each other to take care of one another. For right. for an endless, wonderful future. Well, it's um, better than the alternative, as they say sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? Well, what is an elder orphan, or sometimes called a solo ager? Basically, it's a, it's actually a medical term for somebody who is older, who might be socially or physically isolated, maybe somebody who doesn't have an available family member. They might have children, but maybe children live on the opposite coast, but they don't have anybody in their own community to help take care of them. Our entire population, older population, in roughly 30 years from now, will be about 98 million members of this country. That's a lot of people. And of that particular group, the chances are very high that many of those people are going to be living alone without having a family member to support them. Maybe it's somebody who never married or they might have been married but didn't have children. Or they may have children who have moved away. More and more I'm finding people that come into the office whose children are in D.C. or Seattle or Sacramento or way far away and obviously can't really be of help to them. Right. It's a fact of life today. Now, if you're fortunate enough that you might have a a child living with you, even an adult child living with you, sometimes that can be a big asset. It's not always an asset, (laughs) but um, sometimes it can be. But an elder orphan basically is somebody who's uh, physically isolated, socially isolated, isolated, might live in a local community. Um, They may not have a family member. They may not have children or cousins or nephews or people who can simply look in on them. And we happen to know a lot of people like that even in our own businesses, don't we, Tenny? Oh, we see so many. It's it's just quite amazing to me how many people are out there alone. It's a, it's a shame. Well, the other thing is that uh, sometimes people lose the ability to live independently. Uh, it might be that you can't drive any longer. I met just two days ago with um, 
a gentleman who's been a client for a while, and his father. The father lives alone. His wife has passed away. And his son literally lives right next door to him. Uh, So he has the support. But the older gentleman, who's now 90 years of age, no longer can drive. So what if you're alone? What if you don't have the child who lives next door to you or with you um, and you can no longer drive? Now you're going to be dependent upon transportation services or councils on aging and things of that nature. But right now it's estimated that uh, 20% of the population over 65, that's about 8.5 million people, are presently at risk of becoming an elder orphan, according to AARP, for example. It's a, it's a very sad title to be called that. Well, it is. Um, I had not heard that term until recently, and it makes me sad to think about it. Well, there have actually been articles in the paper. There have been articles in the Wall Street Journal. There was an article fairly recently, uh, even in the New Bedford Standard Times, about this topic, picked up from the wire services. And um, approximately uh, 33% of all people aged 65 and older and 57% of people age 85 and older live entirely on their own. They're not in a community. Now, we do have resources, obviously. We have everything from a continuing care retirement community, nursing homes that nobody wants to be in, or you could be in elderly housing, and a lot of the elderly housing uh, places in the area, Solomar 1, Solomar 2, at least you've got neighbors, and sometimes there are social events. But there are usually also waiting lists yes. at most of those places. Car barn apartments, downtown New Bedford is elderly housing. In fact, years and years ago, I did all the uh, legal work on that project to help put it together. Claremont Company developed it. And the towers, uh, Melville Towers, you did the work on that as well. Melville Towers. We're not going to take the time to list them all today, but there are many, many in the area, and a lot of them have social programs. But not everybody gets to live there. Uh, as you said, there are waiting lists. But, um, you know, most people have some kind of support, but increasingly more and, peop- more, and more people um, simply do not. And it is a problem. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to talk about what can you do if you're concerned about a family member who doesn't live near you? How can they be taken care of? What if you're that person yourself? You know, if, you're, if you are a person who lives alone or you expect to be alone, what are you doing to take care of yourself? And how are you going to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of by somebody else as well? How do you maintain socialization, which is often a, a real under um, support for people to be healthy? Uh, people really need to interact with each other, to laugh once in a while, to do some fun things. And it's very difficult if you're alone and have no transportation. Right. So we're talking with attorney Tenny Lance this morning. Tenny is the senior attorney at Lance Law, Inc., uh, location at 352 Fonts Corner Road. And I guess most of your practice, by definition, almost deals with elderly, doesn't it? Well, not all of it, but a good deal of it does because that's the point in time when many people begin to think about, oh, gosh, I better have some documents in place in case anything happens to me. So, yes, we do deal with a lot of uh, older folk. I, I'm 
reminded as we start talking about this conversation about one of the saddest things that came my way was a couple of years ago, and we had a call from a lady who was a resident patient at a nursing facility. And when I got to the facility to meet with her, her real concern was, who's going to do anything with my body? Who's going to know how how I want to be buried? Who's going to contact the funeral home? Uh, she was very, very concerned about that. I think she was originally English and therefore had no family in this country whatsoever. It was a very sad conversation. A lot of it's plain loneliness, but a lot of it's real concern about making sure your wishes are being taken care of. And I had a similar client at one point that I used to visit. Um, she wanted to see me once a month, and I went to see her once a month. She lived in Melville Towers. She was in declining health, and she wanted to make absolutely sure that when she passed away, her body was going to be donated to Tufts University for medical study. Then she wanted to make absolutely sure that when they finished using her body for medical study, then she would be cremated. And I considered it almost a, a sacred duty to make sure that happened. And so she had my business cards everywhere with the management team, and when she actually passed away, they contacted me. We made arrangements with the local funeral home. We had actually done that ahead of time and had her transported to Tufts University. And then a year later, um, her wishes were followed. She was cremated, and they delivered the ashes to me. And then I took care of disposing of her ashes. So, yes, uh, even something as basic as that can be a concern. And if you haven't made funeral and, and burial arrangements, maybe even that's one thing you need to think about. Well, um, obviously one of the most important things that we continue to press people on is make plans, do something. Um, you need to have documents in place, whether it's a burial contract with a funeral home or whether it's a durable power of attorney for property or whether it's health documents. All of these things you really need to have in place. In fact, often when I speak with people about health documents, I talk about how older people sometimes will keep those in an envelope on the refrigerator uh, attached with a magnet. So if they're alone and someone comes in the house, the emergency people will know who to contact, how to reach them, and so forth. Well, you know, we're not going to be here forever, none of us, and this is a little bit of a tough topic to discuss today. But um, So I have to spice it up just a little bit every once in a while. You know who Betty White is, Tenny? Oh, I love Betty White. I love Betty White, too. She said, I may be a senior, but so what? I'm still hot. <laughs> and she is. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like her? She's a character. You've got to have some attitude, I think, sometimes, <laughs> don't you? But um, My goodness, she's in her 90s, I think. Oh, she is. Yep. <laughs> and she still is a hot ticket. Yeah, she's, she's a great, great amount of fun. Um, one of my other favorites, obviously, is Mark Twain. I'm a big, big fan of Mark Twain. Mark Twain liked to say things that were sometimes a little outrageous. So one of the things he said once, Mark Twain, clothes make the man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. <laughs> you like that one? Well, yes, particularly because I'm a clothes hound. You're, you're a clothes hound? I've never really thought of you that way, Tenny. 
No, I would not call you a close hound. Not when you have clothing still from the seventh grade. Right. I never changed in size, so I've got things forever. I love clothes. <laughs> never changed in size, never changed in style. <laughs> never mind the rest. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> well, our topic today is elder orphans or little orphan nanny, I guess we could say, huh? Yeah. You like that one? Little That's orphan nanny. That's very cute. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> Um, it is a problem. And so the first step, if you're thinking that, you know what, gee, I better do some planning because I might be alone. All right. So what if you're truly alone? What if you are not married? You don't have children. You don't have brothers and sisters. And I've had quite a number of people in that in that category. Um, who do you leave your money to? Do right. you leave it to your friend? Do you leave it to your neighbor across the street who has been attentive to you and is really trying to influence you, then we've seen that a lot too, unfortunately. Well, I was going to say that I think what you need to do is to begin with who are you going to trust. Right. Yep, um, good point. Because uh, trust is, uh, a, as you said, a sacred responsibility. And uh, once you have identified people to trust, then you often need to translate that into telling them what you want, um, relying on them to help you with certain kinds of things, maybe placing their names in legal documents. So getting a trusting person uh, to, to be on your side is a very important start. So step number one really ought to be to simply say, you know what, I need to make a plan. I need to do a will, I need to do a trust, I need to do legal documents, and let's sort of take those one at a time. Who would you want to receive your property if something happened to you and you don't have children or you don't have relatives, you don't have family members? Will it go to friends? What about charities? Uh, we've got a lot of clients that have left small amounts of money, like $10,000 each to two or three people or two or three local charities, but then they've left percentages uh, I want 25% of my estate to go to the American Cancer Society because when I was married to my husband, he died of cancer. So I'd like to benefit them and give them some money for research or the Girl Scouts of America or the Shrine Hospital because they do really good things for kids. So you can make a difference by leaving assets to charitable causes sometimes. Yes, a very good thing to do. Um, not to be too technical, but uh, to the extent that you have a taxable estate and you leave things to charity to uh, reduce your estate to below $1 million, you can save your estate on Massachusetts estate taxes. So, Tenny, what's the worst-case scenario? <laughs> For example, Attorney Tenny Lance, let's say somebody has a little bit of assets, but they have done nothing. They do no will, no trust. And they literally have no relatives, and they haven't done anything. Doesn't the property end up going to the state of Massachusetts, ultimately? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, th what happens is the probate court will publish and look for uh, whoever is the closest relative, and it could be a third cousin 17 times removed. And if they find one of them, it would go to whoever that person is, even though you might not know that person at all. That would be their legal heir, for example. Right. Or we, if none, yes, then the monies go to the state. Who wants that? And I know sometimes you call those people laughing heirs. 
Yes. Because they, they end up getting something they never expected. And they laugh all the way to the bank, right? Right. So the important point, obviously, is you can make a plan. You can decide who will receive your property, and you really need to make that decision. Uh, what about the differences quickly between wills and trusts? Well, we've talked about this quite a lot. Um, I am not uh, a proponent of wills alone, as you know, because a will is nothing but, as we say, a ticket to probate court. If you have a will, your estate will go through probate with all the expenses and the time and the ability of creditors to reach your assets. So the difference really is that a trust is a private document that keeps all of your uh, desires, named agents, all that other sort of thing, private information. Uh, doesn't Your beneficiaries do not get exposed to public view or any of that, and there is no probate court involved. And what we're talking about is who do you want to receive your property and your assets when you're gone, when you're dead? We're going to talk in a minute about some things that what happens if you can't manage your affairs and you've got nobody else around you to help take care of you? And maybe uh, some service agency is going to come in and have a guardian appointed for you. We can talk about that in a minute. But, you know, a lot of times people don't do decisions, don't make decisions right away to do these things. And then they lack the capacity later to do it. So, for example, Mark Twain once said, of all the things I have lost, I miss my mind the most. (laughs) Yes, and some people don't even realize that they've lost it. <laughs> I know, but it's a true story, isn't it? Sometimes if you wait too long, it's too late because you no longer have memory or, or capacity to do things. So while you still have capacity, you need to make decisions about who you want to get your property. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? I had a lady in this past week who talked about the fact that She's already met with the funeral director, and she wants to be cremated, and she's already paid the money ahead of time to have that done. Oh, many people do that. And in fact, it's a very sound thing to do because the expense that you uh, have paid for your funeral is an exempt asset for purposes of Medicaid application. So the state certainly allows you to make plans for your funeral. And heaven forbid, if you don't, somebody else will. And it may be something that you're not anxious to have happen. And by the way, if you want to reach Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman um, and the law firm, uh, give them a call at 508-998-8800. And somebody would be happy to make an appointment. And I don't believe you charge for an initial appointment, do you, Tenny? No, we do not. Um, One thing I want to mention is that I have never quite understood why people believe that if they set in place their estate plans, they're going to die the next day. That seems to be a a real fear that people don't want to face the reality of their uh, death at some point in the future and therefore can't stand to talk about where their assets will go or put in place any documents but life does go by fairly quickly, though, when you think about it. Oh, and, my word, it does. And um, uh, Andy Rooney once said, I've learned that life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. Absolutely. I think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
I liked Andy Rooney. Unfortunately, there's another roll of toilet paper usually, but not always, not ever another life. Well, that's true. Yeah, well, that was a very profound statement, Tenny. I like that. <laughs> well, we mentioned earlier there was an article just recently, uh, even in the uh, Standard Times, the South Coast uh, Today edition, and it was called Elder Orphans. We actually had the idea for doing this show before that, and then I saw this article and I said, oh, look, we've been talking about doing a show. And 70% of the people who responded to a survey said that they had not yet identified a caregiver who would help them if they become ill or disabled. And 35% of the respondents said they didn't have any friends or family to help them cope with any of life's challenges. That's a lot of people who think, my gosh, i got to do this on my own or I have to patch together social services. Of course, counsel and aging is a good place to start, isn't it? It is. That's a that's a very important service that's offered in most all communities. Uh, the counsel on aging will have people who can uh, help you think things through, help you find the right folks to place into your plans. Um, all kinds of services, meals, um, games, dancing, whatever, to keep you occupied. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, we're, we're on this topic of elder of orphans. I, I had a very sad call the other day in the office. About a year or so ago, maybe more, we put together what was called a caregiver plan for a man and his wife and the man's elder aunt, who is an elder of, orphan and had no one else in uh, her life. And so the caregiver plan called for the the um, nephew and his wife to get some pay for this that she paid them as caregivers and this lady was allowed to stay in their home so they had essentially almost adopted her but apparently she is getting more difficult to live with and I had a call from this fellow saying I really can't do this with my aunt anymore is there any way we can make this lady a ward of the state because she has no one else. Which is really sad when you think about it, but that doesn't exist. That's not really a possibility. No, it isn't a possibility, but just think of this lady. She she needs to go somewhere else. The family needs her to go somewhere else. Well, you know, taking care of somebody is a huge responsibility. I don't care whether you're young or middle-aged or older. If you've got an older person you're taking care of, it takes a toll on you as the caregiver. There's a lot of work. And it really starts out with the the older person giving this some thought, too. I mean, we've all done this. When we were younger and, and had young children, we took care of children. And later, Tenny and I uh, both took care of parents. My mother lived with me for 16 or 17 years. Uh, we had an extra little cottage out back that she lived in. And that was a, a mutually beneficial relationship. But it also became a burden as she got older. It's a lot of work. And there are many, many people in society... Um, you know, even in the studio today um, that are in a similar position, have to take care of parents. You took care of your mother. Yep. Yes, my mother um, went downhill rapidly when my dad died, and so we ended up having to place her in a nursing facility, and she was there for seven years. Broke my heart to have her there, but uh, I was working. I had children to raise. It's It's a very difficult situation for people these days. So there's there's an especial responsibility on the older person to give some thought to 
what do I need to do to get things in place? We're going to talk in, uh, right after the break about what happens if you become disabled. So we talked a little bit about when you die, you ought to have funeral arrangements and a will or a trust uh, and make sure where your property is going to go and who's going to handle things. What if you become ill? What if you become incapacitated? Who's going to take care of things uh, then? Well, yes, that's important because that happens while you're alive, and you still care, obviously, yes. how that all occurs. But, you know, things change in everybody's lives. So uh, Rodney Dangerfield, for example, once said, I'm at the age when food has taken the place of sex in my life. In fact, I've just had a mirror put over my kitchen table. <laughs> I've always liked Rodney Tangerfield. Oh, he is funny. But it highlights one of the issues of getting older. Yes. Make sure the food's on the table. <laughs> yes. Make sure it's good food and not spoiled food and warm food and all of that. Well, we want to come back in just a couple minutes, and we want to talk about, all right, so what happens if you live? But what if I live? Um, who's going to take care of you? Have you got documents in place? Do you have a power of attorney? When we come right back, we're going to continue this discussion with Attorney Tenny Lance and talk about here's some things that you really need to think about doing. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to all you older people or all you people who hope to get older at some point in time. And we hope that you may not become an elder orphan but if you are in about 30% of the population that will be in that category, or maybe you are right now, what have you done to protect what you've put together? How are you getting by financially? How are you surviving? What are you going to do if you go into a nursing home? Do you have pets at home that might need to be taken care of if something happens to you? And we're talking this morning with attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning again, Tenny. Good morning. Tenny, we didn't talk before about what happens to older people who pass away and they've got pets. Oh, that's very sad. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't tell you how many clients I've had or, or uh, relations of clients who have died. And uh, there's a dog at home or there's an older cat that only was attached to that particular person who died. It's it's a very tough situation. Make plans ahead of time, folks. The state of Massachusetts allows you to do pet trusts. So think ahead and think about where might your animal go and be reasonably happy and sound if anything happens to you. Um, I know a lot of the uh, shelters for animals are uh, asking questions about age when you go to adopt pets now because they're worried about gosh, if this person dies, what's going to happen to this adopted animal? Well, when you think about it, um, that would be a reason why an older person might not be a suitable parent to adopt a young child. Oh, yes, would that and many other and reasons. Would they have the strength to take care of a young child? Or what happens if something happens to an older person? Yep. Well, I guess the same thing is true with pets then, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, and they are part of our families. They are often... Um, as most people say, the more I know about people, the more I love my dog. Um, they're very important to people. They need to be planned for. Mm -hmm. So Attorney Tenny Lance can help you do that, or Attorney Michael Coleman. Call them at 508-998-8800. They'd be happy to help you. 
What we do at USA Wealth Group, by the way, is we do a lot of work on the financial side and the retirement side. We've seen people who've been behind in their mortgage. We've seen people who have millions of dollars in assets, and we've seen everybody in between. I just met uh, two days ago with a couple who really have fairly nominal assets, only about fifty or $60,000, and they don't have many regular sources of income, and they've already done a reverse mortgage. So the good news is that their house has increased in equity value. So uh, we may actually talk to them about doing a refinance of the reverse mortgage and pull out an even larger credit, uh, line of credit, that they can use to supplement their income. But right now, their money is going to run out probably in eight or ten years. And what do they do at that point? This is an increasing problem for a lot of people. But I want people to know that we see people with assets, but we see people without assets also because our goal is to help people in in retirement and living. So, Tenny, this article that was in the paper recently in the Standard Times called Elder Orphans, um, this is a serious thing. And if you think that it's not, you really need to go back and read the article again or we'll send you a copy. But 70% of the people in their survey said they had not identified a caregiver who would help them if they become ill or disabled. So let's talk about that kind of a subject for a minute. What kind of document should somebody have to help take care of them if they become simply ill or disabled so they're still here? Well, let's let's think about some basics here. People are uh, have essentially two things. They have their body, and they're obligated to take care of it, and they have their assets, and they want to take care of them. So there are two documents that everyone should have. One is a durable power of attorney for property so that if anything happens to you and you're not able to take care of your property, your assets for yourself – Somebody else needs to take care of them for you. And that can mean anything from paying your bills on a regular basis, making sure that your checking account is um, looked at once in a while to make certain what money is in it, being able to move monies around, maybe being able to file an income tax return or perhaps uh, get access to an IRA to change beneficiaries or whatever. So... Property power of attorney is an essential document that everyone should have. And without that document, what happens is somebody has to go to court, and it could be a public agency that does so, to get what is called a conservator in place for you. And if you want somebody you don't know taking care of your business affairs, then don't do a durable power of attorney. But if you want to be aware of what's going on and have somebody you trust do it, then get that document done. You know, that's a really important point, Tenny, because you do have the right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to make your own decision about the people that you want to name and trust. And a court, a probate court, will name a stranger. Uh, Usually it's another attorney on a list someplace, but... It will very likely be somebody that you've never met before. I know that uh, Bristol Elders over in Fall River is often named by the probate court as the conservator for people who have not produced this document yet. You know, the other thing you, you sort of hinted at, and I'm going to mention a little bit more, is we've seen 
too many cases where somebody has come under the influence of a next-door neighbor or a distant cousin who suddenly has become friendly as this person has gotten older and then starts to manage their assets. Then the older person decides, well, gee, I should be giving this person some of my money and maybe I should put them on the bank account. I've had cases literally in the last two weeks when people have come in and said, well, my niece took $130,000 out of my bank account. This is a true story. It just recently happened. And, well, I said, do you want to do something about that? Do you want to report it to the district attorney's office? No, I'm not going to make a fuss about it. But I've, I've taken her name off the account since then. This happens, ladies and gentlemen. It, it's called elder abuse. Don't get yourself in that kind of a situation. If you have concerns about it at all, again, sit down with somebody like Attorney Tenny Lance and say, what do you think about this? What should I do? How could I better protect myself? Oh, that was such a very sad case. This is the nicest lady that you'd ever hope to meet with, be with, and she was being taken advantage of by a niece. But that's not the only time I've seen this happen. No. I have lots of uh, – tends to be older men who are taken advantage of by younger women. Um, I don't know. I think men just – um, yearn for some companionship and some uh, somebody being nice to them, and anybody who shows any of that, they they immediately latch onto and think they trust and revert back to their childhood, or think that they're being charmed by somebody who's younger and attractive when really they're just looking to take advantage of them. Ladies and gentlemen, it happens a lot. We've seen it a lot. I had um, a fellow who was in his eighties, had lost his wife, and was living alone, didn't have any children. He came into the office with a very young, kind of sexy-looking lady. And he said, I want to change my documents. I want to do a new power of attorney and name Susie here as my power of attorney. And as I always do when I talk with clients, I go through what a power of attorney can and can't do. And I usually end by saying, and you really want to trust this person because that person can clean you out. Well, this lady got really mad at me because she thought I was accusing her, and she stomped out of the room. And uh, when the man came back to sign his documents, she would not meet with me. She required that uh, the other attorney sign the documents with her. Yep. No, well, we see too many cases of people abusing and taking advantage. Don't let yourself get into that position. And if you have concerns or questions, like I said, give Tenny a call at uh, 508-998-8858. Billy Crystal once said, by the time a man is wise enough to watch his step, he's too old to go anywhere. <laughs> so, Well, I, I also want to talk about the other document that's very important that you have in place, and that's a health care power of attorney. Just think if you don't have anybody named and doctors don't really know which way to go with you. Maybe you really need an appendectomy and uh, there's nobody there to give permission to do that. That's when um, emergency guardian petitions are filed with the probate court to, again, appoint some unknown person to make decisions for you and your body. In fact, your health care person can work with your uh, physicians to determine whether or not you should be in assisted living or in uh, a nursing facility. And many people say, I don't want anybody to make that decision for me, but if you can't make it, it will be made somehow or other 
perhaps by somebody that you don't know. And you need to do these kinds of documents when you still have capacity to do them, don't you? Yes. It's only possible to sign documents legally when the person who is witnessing your signature uh, understands and believes that you have capacity and understand. And I know sometimes you've had to go to the trouble to get a letter from a doctor, a doctor's opinion, saying, in my opinion, this person has enough mental capacity to know that they're signing a power of attorney or a health care proxy. Yes, and often somebody with early dementia has total capacity to understand what they're doing, just forgets what they ate for breakfast. And that's not always a problem at all. So there are many tricky situations. So whether it's you yourself who have concerns about yourself or whether you have concerns about a neighbor that you might want to recommend go see Attorney Tenny Lance, uh, take some steps to do something. You know, memory is uh, difficult, too. Memory is something that all of us face at one time or another. It doesn't just mean you forgot where your keys are. It doesn't mean you're, you know, having dementia. But um, so George Burns once said, first you forget names, then you forget faces. Next you forget to pull your zipper up, and finally you forget to pull it down. <laughs> so I won't explain uh... that one. No, no further explanation no. needed. You know, there's lots of good useful information that's available. I know, uh, Tenny, in the law firm, you have a brochure that says, Your Life, Your Final Say, and it talks about, you know, doing uh, documents that are designed to protect you from living wills and, you know, documents of that nature. But you've got a lot of different kinds of handouts you could provide people as well. Yes, I'd, I'd like to mention one other thing that really worries me and uh, just heard some discussion about it on the radio the other day, and that is older people who retain guns in their home and how dangerous that is. So if you are a person who is alone, who may be uh, worrying about their future, make some plans for those instruments so that they are not available to the wrong person or maybe available to you and in a wrong circumstance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had just had a, a conversation a couple of days ago with a gentleman whose uh, daughter is married to a police officer over in right. uh, Hanson-Whitman area, and basically he's the gun safety officer for the town as well and maintains a gun locker, and a lot of people simply keep their guns locked up there for security purposes. Right. So some interesting things. If you ever have concerns about that, what if you have a husband or wife and the husband had some guns and he passes away and the wife survives and she doesn't have a gun permit? What is she going to do? She could call the local police department and arrange to have the guns picked up, disposed of, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, it, it's necessary that the guns go to somebody who has that license. You can't just give it to um, Sue Smith down the street. No. By the way, there are a lot of good planning guides that are available. Uh, I mentioned earlier the one that you have, Tenny, that's on your life, your final say. But you've also got an interesting document called Peace of Mind, Planning for All of Life's Contingencies. If anybody wants a copy of that free report, give a call to their office and they'll be happy to provide it. It talks about pre-need funeral planning, making sure you've got your wishes followed. I mean, you know, your wishes are your wishes. Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want a service? Do you want no service? Uh, Health care documents, avoiding conservatorship, a lot of the things that you've just been talking about. So th there's a lot of useful material. If you would just like to receive some of that first, call the office and they'd be happy to give that to you. 
Uh, what's your number, Tenny, again? Uh, Lance Law is located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, and our phone number is 508-998-8800. And what we do on the USA Wealth Group side is that we want to make sure that to the greatest extent possible, your resources, your assets are going to last as long as you do. You're not going to run out of money. Are you making no money where it is right now? Could you be doing better? Um, do you have a budget? We help people prepare a budget. Uh, we want to make sure that we then analyze that against what are your regular income sources? Are you retired? Can you afford to retire? These are all the things that we answer and help people with. And Give us a call anytime at 508-998-8858. We'll help you make some better decisions. You know, one of the things this article in the paper, Elder Orphans, also mentioned, Tenny, was something called Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, a retirement and aging roadmap for singles and childless adults. Uh, that's a book. We'll be happy to provide that reference for you, tell you how to get that book. There's just lots of useful information, but sometimes you just don't know if you're getting older, do you? Do you, do you, do you know when you're getting older, Tenny? I'm getting older. <laughs> well, we all are, aren't we? So Jerry Seinfeld once said, you know you're getting old when you get that one candle on the cake. It's like, see if you can blow this out. <laughs> but um, Yeah, we, 87 candles are a lot. <laughs> how about not, wrinkles? What do you're we do? not there yet. <laughs> no, no. What do we do about wrinkles? What can you do, Tenny, if you have wrinkles in life? <laughs> you mean wrinkles on your face and your skin? Well, not yeah. a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> well, so there, I have to give you... My my favorite quotation about wrinkles I have to give you. Does anybody listening today have wrinkles? Probably not. <laughs> well, this is Mark Twain again. Wrinkles should merely indicate where smiles have been. Right. Isn't that true? Yes. So wrinkles around your eyes when you uh, grow older are indicative of having smiled a lot, and that's a great way to go through life. Right. Smiling is always a lot better because – the alternative isn't going to get you anywhere anyway. Well, you know, people are concerned in general about living alone. They're, number one, people get lonely. Number two, they're concerned about their housing costs. Can they afford to stay where they are in terms of rent costs? Uh, cost of living is increasing, and the incomes have not been keeping pace with the cost of living. We are entering in again to a beginning of an inflationary period. And so not only in terms of what you're earning on your assets, you want to make sure you're making as much as you can in a safe manner. Otherwise, you're not going to keep up with the cost of living. Um, but a lot of people are concerned about making sure they have enough services, that they're going to be able to keep physically fit. It's very well known that to the extent that you can socialize and the more that you can socialize, the better off you're going to be mentally and physically, the longer you're going to live. Uh, for some people, it's going to church or going to temple. Uh, for other people, it's going to the senior center a few times a week or taking one of their buses and going to Foxwoods. You've got to keep active. You've got to walk. You've got to exercise, right? Absolutely. Um, I'd like to m uh, mention one other uh, feature of regulations that may be of interest to people and they may not know about it. Uh, it's called the caregiver child exemption in the Medicaid regulations. If you have a child 
and if you have a house and that child moves into your house to take care of you and does so in a way that keeps you out of a nursing home for a couple of years, you're able to transfer that house to the child without a penalty for Medicaid. That's a good tip. Um, I, I wanted to mention that because houses are often people's most treasured possessions, and they want to make sure that it's passed down to uh, a child or somebody they love. So uh, think about that. Think about whether you could encourage a child to move in with you and take care of you, uh, even if only for a couple of years. So basically, if you're an adult child living with a parent, helping to take care of them in the parent's house, then that house is not going to be lost to a nursing home if the parent has to go to a nursing home. Ultimately, right, yes. Okay. But again, it would also be useful to make sure that the older parent has documents in place, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Well, um, there are lots and lots of rules that we talk about. We talk a lot about IRS. The IRS, by the way, is uh, slowly rolling out new tax forms and so forth with a new tax bill. Um, what do you think about long-term care insurance? Should people look into long-term care insurance? Younger people should look into long-term care insurance. It's often absolutely prohibitively expensive for people who are older. But if you're in your 50s, early 60s, and you're healthy, you absolutely should look into long-term care insurance. Or the, and you can explain better than I, the uh, way of getting a rider on a life insurance mm -hmm. policy. Again, if you're younger, one thing you may want to do is to say, well, gee, um, I want to take out a life insurance policy because I want to protect you know, somebody. I want to provide some benefits. But now you can get life insurance policies with a living benefit rider, they call it. And all it means simply is if you had a fifty dollars or $100,000 life insurance policy and now you become incapacitated and have to go to a nursing home, there's language inside the policy that says you can activate the death benefit now and no, you get a waiver of premium and you no longer have to pay the life insurance premium. But now you could use that fifty dollars or $100,000 to pay the cost of a nursing home. And can the um, benefits also pay for people to take care of you in your home? Sometimes it can be, yes. depends on the company and how it's written. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to pay for long-term care insurance because if I never go into a nursing home and don't use it, then I've wasted my money on the premiums and it's expensive. So consider a life insurance policy with living benefits as an alternative because you're always going to die. If you don't use the nursing home benefits, you'll get the death benefit for your beneficiary. So lots of things you can do. There are many different kinds of alternative living communities that you can investigate as well. Maybe you live with somebody. Maybe you share a home. Um, but create a network of friends and exercise. And most important tip for today is make sure that you have an updated will or trust, um, health care power of attorney, health care proxy, uh, a durable power of attorney, and make sure your pets are going to be taken care of. And All of those things, so expenses. important. Yep. I want to just interrupt and uh, go on a totally different subject for the last minute or so of the program. Okay. Congratulations to the Dartmouth High School Band who won again Excellent a point. national championship last Saturday night in New Jersey. 
uh, our kids were members of the band. We were involved with the Dartmouth School Music Association. It is one of the best things that kids can get involved with. And Dartmouth is fabulous. We're so proud of these kids who won again. Yeah, big congratulations to them. They work really hard. They've got a well-deserved reputation. If you ever have a chance to see them, do so. You know, the other bands do a marvelous job as well. Give give support to your, your local bands and your communities for that purpose. Um, it's, it's good teaching. It's good learning. It's good discipline for the kids. Mostly it's good discipline because they work 20 or more hours a week in band practice, and yet most of the people in band are uh, achieve their highest grades while they're in band because they understand how to allocate their time and do it well. So congratulations again. If anybody we, uh, would like to see them, they will be performing at the Thanksgiving Day game between Dartmouth and Fairhaven. Yep. They are well worth game. seeing. They yep. are just they, remarkable. They perform every year. It's fun to go just to watch the band, isn't it? Right. So, yep, a good shout-out for them. Benjamin Franklin once said, Those who love deeply never grow old. They may die of old age, but they die young. That was a good quotation from Ben Franklin, Amen. wasn't it? But I have to basically end the show and say, don't just sit and listen to the show and say, that was interesting. Um, you've got to take some action. You've got to do something. If you don't, then you could be taken advantage of or the people that you really want to leave your property to aren't going to get your property. Or if you have an emergency, you're going to be in real trouble and go through a lot of assets, and you could have a stranger handling your affairs. So take some action. You're really not as alone as you think you are, and we're happy to have you come in and be part of our family, aren't we, Tenny? Well, yes, because we think of our clients really as part of our family. They uh, rely on us to get things in place for them, and usually when people walk out of our office – they feel very, very comfortable. They've got peace of mind um, about having everything in place. So I want to leave you with one last quote from George Burns. You know you're getting old when you stoop to tie your shoelaces and wonder, what else could you do while you're down there? <laughs> or how do you get back up? <laughs> so it's okay to be an elder orphan, ladies and gentlemen, but make sure you do something to be a smart elder orphan. And with that, we'll say good day and have a great week.